The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abraham travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued towards the, towards the Negev. Thanks so much, Tizen. So we're in Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 12, 1 to 9 today. Uh, great to have Andy Coombe with us. Andy is uh, on staff at St. Peter's Broccoli, particularly working in the area of sort of church planting strategy and discipleship. Um, but been working closely with us here at Holy Trinity the last year has been an uh, incredible support to me this last year and uh, has spoken here before, so it'll be familiar to many of you. Uh, so great to have Andy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. And hi, everyone. Great to be with you. Nice to have that introduction. Um, what's it all about? What's life all about? Um, it can seem a little bit purposeless. It can seem a little bit of a struggle. It can seem a little bit of a burden. Sometimes we've just been thinking about the fears and the anxieties. We've been thinking about you know, the cost of living crisis. We're thinking about yeah, what's it all about? Why do we just keep on earning enough money to pay the mortgage, to pay the rent? What's it all about? What's the purpose of it all? Why do we do it? Does there... Is there a greater meaning? Is there a greater purpose? Is there a greater plan? And can I be a part of it? God's answer is an emphatic yes. God has an incredible plan, an incredible meaning, incredible purpose for each one of us. And God wants more for us and what God wants more from us. But the way that the plan God's plan for your life and for my life and for the life of HT is going to come about is through come, follow, go. That is God's plan for meaning, purposeful, impactful life. Come, follow, go. His plan is to come, is come to me, have a relationship with me, be my friend. God wants to be your friend. God wants to be your friend. Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to be closer to you than a brother or sister. 
His heart's desire is to love you and to know your love. He wants to be your friend. Come. Come and be my friend. Follow. I've got a great plan for you, says Jesus. Do it my way, and you can have a meaningful, purposeful life with impact, a worthwhile life, and then go. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I'm desperate to bless you. Let me bless you, and then take that blessing to others. God's plan for each one of us to have a meaningful purposeful, impactful life is come, follow, go. And it started like that with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden. They lived a perfect life. They enjoyed what everybody would call bliss, heaven on earth. And they had come, follow, go. They had come. They had a relationship with God. They walked in the garden with God as their best friend. They talked to him like, a, uh, like any one of us would talk to each other. They had follow. They did things God's way initially. And from that, they had all the blessings that God poured out to them through the Garden of Eden. And then God said to them, go, take the blessing of Eden and fill the earth. Come, follow, go. But the plan didn't work out. It didn't work out for Adam and Eve. Why didn't it work out? It didn't work out because they dropped the plan. Come, follow, go. Before they'd even had a chance to go, they decided to do things their own way. They looked at the tree of the knowledge of fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they said, We'll have a bit of that. God thinks he's got a plan to bless us. I've got a better plan. I'm going to bless myself. And that's where it all goes wrong. I'm going to bless myself. I'm going to bless myself. I'm not going to trust God to bless me. I'm going to bless myself. And they take the fruit. And from that, they lose the relationship with God. So their friendship with God goes, and and God comes looking for them and says, where are you? They're hiding. And God has been looking out for humanity ever since. Where are you? God is desperate to have friendship with you and me and with the people of Forest Hill and Sydenham and southeast London and beyond. And he says, where are you? He's after friendship. And after Adam and Eve comes all that comes with falling out of that blessing. Because they wanted to bless themselves, they lost the blessing of God. And that's the irony of it. We want to be blessed. We want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Who doesn't want to live a blessed life? I want to live a blessed life. So I'm going to bless myself because I can't trust God to do it. I'll bless myself. And the irony is that when we grasp at blessing, when we seek blessing, when we want to make our lives perfect, when we want to get the best holiday, when we want to have the best whatever it is, to bless myself, we lose the blessing. The tragic irony. And Adam and Eve trying to bless themselves lost it. And that led to a loss of blessing for humanity. And if you read Genesis 3 to 11, and I'd only do it if you're feeling cheerful because it's going to send you downhill, uh, just read about the futility of life when people have given up on the blessing of God. Starts with murder. There's relationship breakdown. There's territorial battles. And then there's chapter 5 in Genesis. We're looking at Genesis 12, 
Thank you for reading that, Tijan, beautifully. Genesis 12. But in Genesis 5, we get a whole list of people's names. And it's a, it's a, it's a catalogue of futility. Um, there's lots of long ages here. Ignore that bit for a moment. But just listen to this. Seth lived for a total of 912 years, and then he died. Enosh lived a total of 905 years, and then he died. Kenan lived a total of 910 years, and then he died. Mahalalel lived a total of 895 years, and then he died. Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. And it goes on and on and on. He lived and he died. He lived and he died. He lived and he died. (sighs) A life of futility. A life of purposelessness, a life of no meaning, a life of no impact, a life of no importance, a life of squandered. That's not what we want. We want a life of meaning. We want a life of purpose. We want a life of impact. We want a life of blessing. And to get to that blessing, we see in Genesis 11 where the people decide that they're going to grasp the blessing for themselves. So people know the story of the Tower of Babel? So Tower of Babel, all the people come together, and what do they say? They say, um, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. So that we may make a name for ourselves. So that we can have purpose, so that we can have meaning, so that we can have significance. But they want to grasp it for themselves. They're going to do it their way. God doesn't have anything to do with it. Stand aside, God. We're going to do it our way. And so what does God do? But he, he thwarts their plans. He frustrates their plans. And it's another story of failure, another story of frustration. As I say, don't read Genesis 3 to 11 unless you're feeling with a stout, you've got a stout heart. But God's plan isn't for that. God's plan is for blessing and for hope and for purpose and for meaning. Something that outlives our lives, that doesn't die with us when we die. And so God comes with plan B in Abraham. And that's what we're reading about in Genesis 12. Plan B. Adam and Eve, plan A hasn't worked. Now we're on to plan B. And so this is what God says. He takes one man, Abraham, later to be called Abraham, and he says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make you a blessing to the nations. God's heart is to bless everyone. He loves everyone. He wants to be a friend of everyone. And the way he does it is through Abraham. Abraham gets it. Then you give it to the nations. And that was the nation of Israel. And then Israel is to give it to all the other nations. So that every nation will be blessed. And what's the blessing? Well, it's a reversal of what Adam and Eve did. So the blessing is come, follow, Give me the last one. Go. Come, follow, go. So so it's an invitation to Abraham to come and have relationship with God. And in Isaiah 41, 8, if you want to, don't bother putting it up on screen, but if you want to to follow it in Isaiah 41, 8, God calls Abraham um, a friend of God. Abraham is a friend of God. So the relationship is restored. He's a friend. Come, follow, go. Follow means doing things God's way. And there's just a beautiful bit in, um, in Genesis 12 where the Lord says to Abraham, go from your country. So go. And then it says in verse 4, so Abraham went. Go. So Abraham went. 
just a beautiful illustration of Abraham living out the blessing of just doing things God's way. You say go, God, I'll go. He had to tear up his family from Haran and take all his possessions and, get, and set the tents and go, go through into a land he didn't know in Canaan. But he did it. And then, of course, there's a come, follow, and go, and he does the go bit in that. And that's because come, follow, and go come together. If you come to be a friend of Jesus, then that means doing things his way. And that part of doing things his way means going, being blessed, and then taking the blessing to others, not holding on to it, saying, stand aside. And God's plan was to do that through Abraham. And look how, look how he says he'll do it. It's all gift, gift, gift from God. I will make you into a great nation. You're not going to do it. I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Does that ring any bells? Where's that ring a bell from? I will make your name great. Tower of Babel. Because what had the people in the Tower of Babel said? Let's make a name for ourselves. God is quite happy with our ambitions. He wants us to have a great name. But what the people in Tower of Babel were doing was taking it on themselves. God aside, and as soon as you try to grasp the blessing yourself and bless yourself, you lose it. The tragic irony is you lose it. But if you allow God, look at what he does. So I will make you into a great generation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And he goes on. All the blessings that God pours out. How does this plan work out then? Doesn't work. Plan A didn't work. Plan B didn't work. Why didn't plan B work? I'm getting all the answers from you at the moment. Does somebody else want to play? Anybody else want to have a go? No, no, I will come back to you, but somebody else give me an answer. Why, 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 is it, uh, why didn't plan B work? <laughs> I am going to come back to you. Come on then, let's... Remind me of your name, sorry. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. So Abraham did it, and through Abraham created it was the nation of Israel, but Israel didn't do it. Israel didn't come, follow, and go. They didn't go. They kept the blessing to themselves. In fact, they hated the other nations. We don't want other nations to be blessed. We want the blessing for ourselves. But they didn't come and follow either. They uh, they fell out of relationship with God, um, and they didn't follow his ways. In fact, they killed his prophets, and they, they ransacked his temple and all the rest of it. So the plan failed, another plan of God that's failed. Goodness me. Is there ever going to be a plan that works? Is there ever going to be a plan that works? Well, what's God's next plan? Jesus. So Jesus comes along as the true Israel. And if you want to read in, in the, um, how the New Testament writers see Jesus, they portray him as the true Israel. Matthew 1, we read it at Christmas. All the genealogy, Jesus is the son of 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 Abraham. So he's the son of Abraham. He's in the line of Abraham. Um, he gets baptized in the River Jordan, just as the people of Israel went through the Jordan into the Promised Land. And then when he does that, he goes out into the desert for 40 days, just as Israel went in, was in the desert for 40 years. He gets tempted, just as Israel was tempted and tested in the desert, but he doesn't fail. And Jesus is uh, the ultimate plan 
final plan for God. And Jesus' plan is based on come, follow, go. Jesus exemplifies the go, of course, because he's come from heaven to earth, so you can't do any more going than that. But what about the come, the relationship with God? What does he say? I and the Father are one. Jesus is blessed and is a blessing because of his relationship with God. I and the Father of one. And what about follow? What does Jesus say? I only do what I see my Father doing. Jesus is, does the come, follow, go perfectly. And because of that, he is blessed. And because of that, he can be a blessing to others. And he takes on the plan. So God's plan is still to bless the world. His heart is always to bless people. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless the people of Forest Hill. He wants to bless the people of Sydenham. He wants to bless the people of South East London. He's desperate to do it. His plan is Jesus and those who come to know God through Jesus, you and me. And just as the plan through Abraham was that Abraham would have a nation and that nation would bless every other nation, so Jesus has created a nation. You say, Jesus has created a nation? What nation is this? Well, he's created the holy nation. And in 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 2, Peter describes us as the holy nation. I've got a T-shirt that says Great Britain on it. We're all going to have an international lunch after this service. Uh, God loves the nations, and uh, it's great to be proud of your nation uh, and your nation's food. And God blesses um, all the differences and the diversity in the different nations. But he has made us a nation. He has made us a holy nation. And that allegiance is greater than any other allegiance because we are here to come, to follow, and to go. To have a friendship with Jesus that is closer than a brother or sister. To do things his way and then to go. And so Jesus says to us, what does he say in John 15? He says, you, uh, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. That's the follow. Do things my way. Is that because he's a terrible tyrant and wants to have his way? It's my way or your way. It's my way or you're the highway. No. It's because he loves us desperately and he knows that his ways will lead, us, will lead to blessing for us and for others. And that our ways, tragically and ironically, will lead to a loss of the blessing. If we try to grasp the blessing for ourselves, if we live for ourselves, if we live a life turned in on ourselves, wanting to get the best job for ourselves, the best holiday for ourselves, the best car for ourselves, the best pension for ourselves, the be as we try to grasp and hold on, we lose it. But as we come to Jesus, as we follow him and do things his way, and as part of that, as we, as we go, then we get the blessing that Jesus is desperate to give each one of us. A life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life that's got an impact, that outlives us. And all of that happens um, as we come to Jesus and accept his way and his purpose for our life. But a couple of things to say. It doesn't mean we'll have then the pension that we want, the house that we want, the holiday that we want. The blessing that comes from God is not the blessing that we see for ourselves. Not sort of do all of this and then God will give you everything you ever wanted. 
quite the opposite. He'll change your heart and give you the des different desires, but you'll be so fulfilled, so energized, so delighted. Psalm 34, 7, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Abraham didn't see the physical, material blessing in his lifetime. As he left Haran and went to Canaan, he had nowhere to, to call his home. There was a famine. He had to go to Egypt. When he got to Egypt, he had a bit of struggle with Pharaoh. He, had to, uh, he thought he was going to be murdered, so he lied about his wife. And his wife went into the harem of Pharaoh. Pharaoh got into trouble for that. So they then fell out, but he was kicked out of Egypt. He went with a lot of sheep and donkeys. But basically, it's a life of mess. He goes back to Canaan. There's not enough food for him and for Lot, so they have to separate. Then Lot gets captured, and he has to... Yeah, the story is one of trouble. But he lives the blessed life because he's no longer holding on to bless me, bless me, bless me with my own things, but I'm going to let God bless me. I'm going to come to him as my friend. I'm going to do things his way, and then I'm going to go. And so that's what Jesus says to us. He says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened. In other words, where we try to bless ourselves and it hasn't worked out, come to me, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you life. I'll give you blessing. And then he says, come follow me. Do things my way. Be yoked to me. That means do things Jesus' way. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. For my yoke is light and my, bur my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Doing things my way is easy. And then what does he say at the end of Matthew? The Great Commission. He says, Go. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. And so the last part of the picture, the last piece of the jigsaw for us is go. It's come, follow, go. And as we go, we take the blessing by discipling others. And what does it mean to disciple others? To help them to come, to follow, and to go. To help them to know Jesus, to become like him, do the things he did, and then to go and help others to do the same. And that's God's plan for you and me in Forest Hill, in Sydenham, and in South East London. Do we want to be blessed? That's, not, that's a rhetorical question because the answer is yes. How are we going to be blessed? Come, follow, go. Don't hold on to the blessing for ourselves, but go seek to take it out to others. And the reason why we can do that is because Jesus is has authority everywhere because I have authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. There's an interesting thing, or I think it's interesting, with Abraham is that he goes from Haran to Canaan. And what's the first thing he does when he gets to Canaan? He gets to a place called Shechem. And what does he do? Anybody remember when, when um, Titian read? What did, what did he do at Shechem? Jill, come on. Built an altar. You can have the microphone in a minute and take over. Um, he built an altar. What was he doing? He was worshipping God. Now, why is that so strange? Because in those days, they thought gods were territorial gods. So you had a god of the mountain and a god of the valleys and a god of Canaan and a god of, um, I don't know, Mesopotamia and a god of, and gods were different, had their territories. And then God, the true God comes along and says, I'm God everywhere. 
so you can worship me here in Canaan. And, you, and God appears to him at Shechem. And God can appear to him at Shechem because he's not stuck in Haran. He's not stuck in, um, in Mesopotamia. He's come to Canaan. Well, we're far too sophisticated for that way of thinking, aren't we? We know that God is the God of everywhere. We know he's omnipresent. We, do we? Or do we only think God meets us in church? I think we have a little bit of that mentality. We think that God is in church, and this is where we meet him on a Sunday morning, and maybe on a Tuesday night at Connect Group, and maybe at the communion service on a Wednesday morning. But God is in Forest Hill. He's in Sydenham. He's in southeast London, and he wants us to go and meet him there and to do the things he wants us to do. So it'd be great if we just start to think about, well, where are we in this journey? Where are we in what God wants for us? Do we want to live a life of purpose? Do we want to live a life of meaning? Do we want to live a life that outlasts our life with an impact that is bigger than just my life? The invitation from Jesus is come, follow, and go. And those are really three, can you have three sides of a coin? Um, there are three sides of the same thing. You can't come and have a friendship with Jesus without doing the things that he does. It's one part and parcel of the same thing. And similarly, if you're doing the things that Jesus does, that means going. So if you want that blessing of knowing Jesus, go, because it, it all comes as a package. So where are you? How are you doing on the go? I beg your pardon, on the come. How are you doing on the come, knowing Jesus as your friend? We can all have Jesus as a close friend, closer than a brother or sister. And you're thinking, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I was talking to somebody in Scotland last weekend who was talking about the church in Lewis and Harris, which is actually quite, you know, quite religious still. They, they still have a Sabbath and they, still, they all dress up to go to church and so on. And he talked about lots of people don't go to church because they don't think, feel they're good enough. And you think, That's how, how ironic is that? The whole point is we're not good enough. But Abraham wasn't a brilliantly perfect guy. Yes, he obeyed God and he went, but if you read the story, he made lots of mistakes. God said, I'm going I'm to bless you with a child, and he thought, that's not going to work, so I'm going to go and sleep with my servant woman, Hagar, and I'm going to have a child that way. And then God said, um, and then God said uh, I want, I, you know, I'll, I'll bless you wherever you go. And he goes into Egypt, and he thinks he's going to be killed by Pharaoh, so he lies about the relationship he has with his wife that puts his wife in real risk just to save his own neck. He's not a perfect model of the perfect guy. You don't have to be good enough to have a relationship with Jesus. You just have to say, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to be your friend. I want you to be my friend. That's all you have to say. And Jesus will say, stand aside, everybody. I'm in. I'm in. Because that's what he desperately wants. And then, where are you on the follow? Where are you on the follow? Where are you on the, I'll do things Jesus' way? Because actually doing it my way is just too tiring. I can't keep doing it my way. It's not working. A life turned in on me, trying to get grab things for myself because I don't believe that God will help me. It's just not working. I'm going to give up. Jesus, you do it your way. Have your way in my life. And then where are you on the go? 
How are you sharing the blessing that God has given you with your neighbours, with your work colleagues, wherever you hang out? And how are we doing it as a church in Forest Hill, in Sydenham, and in South East London? Because that's God's plan, and he's called us to it, and he's going to make a covenant with us. And I just need to say one word about covenant, and then we'll end. This is a covenant, not a contract. God makes a covenant with Abraham, not a contract. Now, a contract I can negotiate. Mm, not happy with the terms. Let's see if we can just negotiate something. This is not a contract. There's no negotiation. It's a covenant. God offers the covenant. Come, follow, go, and I'll give you a blessed life. The only choice we have is accept the covenant or not. And I think this morning is the time for us to say, yes, Lord, we accept your terms. We want to come. We want to know you as our friend. We want to follow. We're going to do it your way. We're not going to do it any other way. And we're going to go because we want the blessing that you are desperate to give us.